Welcome to Soul of Islam Radio. Soul of Islam Radio is a leading-edge personal growth and spiritual development podcast available entirely for free throughout the world. Our goal is to support you in your path of personal transformation and spiritual growth and to supporting an awakening within the global community. The Islamic Renaissance depends upon you and your commitment to the highest and most noble ideals of a spiritually awakened life. Thank you for joining us. This is Ihsan. And this is Season 4, Episode 8. Assalamu alaikum. This is Ihsan. I am a personal growth and spiritual development coach, creator of the Islamic Meditation Program and Awakenings Academy, lead activist and director in the Islamic Renaissance Project, and co-founder of Soul of Islam Radio. In the name of our Lord and Creator, the One, the Source, the Eternal, the Merciful, Loving and Compassionate, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. It is with great joy that we bring to you this episode of Soul of Islam Radio, in which I interview Imam Fawre Durame, a current and living guide and teacher of classical Islamic spirituality. Imam Fode is the head of Zawiya Foundation based in Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada, a traditional center of learning devoted to the classical sciences of Al-Islam, particularly the path of self-purification. He is also the author of many leading-edge books, specifically in the field of Quranic exegesis or Tafsir al-Quran, and is also the creator of Al-Qalam magazine, a beautiful print publication dedicated to making spirituality relevant and applicable in the life of the modern human being. Also, Imam Fode is the founder of the Qawsain Knowledge House, a local elementary school built to provide a balanced and complete primary education for young Muslims living in the West. In addition to being a prolific writer, a community activist, and a generous and humble teacher, Imam Fode is a family man living a spiritual life in the modern Western world. And so he is uniquely equipped to bridge the gap between classical and modern, between the sacred and traditional, and the current and the material. I had the great joy of sitting with Imam Fode on a recent visit to Vancouver and found the connection profoundly beneficial. And so I am extremely excited to be sharing this illuminating interview with our listeners throughout the world via Soul of Islam Radio. In this interview, Imam Fode shares deep and profound insights into the current spiritual crisis in the world, particularly within the Muslim community, and gently calls to the return to self-purification and spiritual excellence as the foundation of al-Islam and of one's spiritual path and practice. Imam Fode explains, based on the life example of the holy and noble prophet Sayyidina Muhammad wasallam, how we in the modern world tend to miss the spiritual foundation and soul of Islam which is a deep connection to the Creator based in humility and love, and how missing this essential dimension of Islam often leads to the burdens and difficulties that result from an imbalanced path and approach to life and to faith. In this very important interview, Imam Fode also shares the fundamental keys to returning to this original way and path that leads to the goal of Al-Islam, 
which is the attainment of inner peace and stillness based in a deep connection with the divine presence of God, also known as Maqam al-Ihsan. Dear and beloved listeners, please take a moment to sit back, relax, focus, become present, open your heart and mind, and tune in. In the name of our Lord and Creator, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Our dear beloved Imam Fawd, it is a great honor and a great privilege to have you here with us on Soul of Islam Radio. Thank you for joining us. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for the opportunity, inshallah. Imam Fawd, you have traveled throughout the world and seen the condition of humanity and the Muslim Ummah and it would appear that our entire world is suffering from a very significant spiritual crisis. Why is it, especially within the Muslim community, that we are experiencing such a lack of spirituality, such a crisis within the hearts of Muslims and in the world in general? And is this any different, is this much different from how it was in the time of Rasulullah when he first came and began to share with people the light, the beauty of Islam and a life connected to the Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhi nastafa amma ba'du. The the message uh, of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam grew over different phases. We can say that the history of Islam grew over different phases. The first phase is pre-Meccan phase. You can call it the phase of Ghari Hira, the, the cave of Hira. That's the first phase. And the second phase is the Meccan phase. Mm. So that which begins from the day that the revelation came to the Prophet in the cave until the day that he left from Mecca to migrate to Medina. And the third phase, the Medina phase. Uh, and these three phases um, uh, indicate a gradual uh, progression both in terms of the spiritual and the social and uh, uh, the religious development of the Islam as a whole. <coughs> um, so now what happened is that um, in terms of Muslim organizations and movements, most of them neglect mainly the two first phases. They don't consider the pre-Meccan phase, which is the phase of Al-Hira. They don't consider the Meccan phase. They all focus on the Medina phase. Uh, because Medina phase is the phase of glory. It's the phase of state building. So, you know, it's this everybody wants to associate with them, themselves with, with that aspect of Islam and not when it's, it was growing from, from, from the beginning. So the, the pre-Meccan phase, or the phase of Al-Hira, is the phase of spiritual preparation. 
The phase when Prophet ﷺ began the search for God had a yearning, a spiritual yearning to know his creator. At this time he would leave the society and withdraw himself into a cave to engage in dhikr and fikr, in remembrance and reflection, uh, to look around him in the silence of nature, um, looking for the meaning of life and the creator of life. <clears throat> So he has done that for, 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 for years. And in the hadith, which is in Bukhari, in the beginning of Kitab, but Il Wahi, the beginning of Revelation, said Aisha, the narrator of the hadith says that, uh, that the first thing that Allah made him to love was to be alone. This is the first step in any spiritual journey. You need to withdraw yourself. You need to find that silence within yourself and around you hmm, to come to stillness so that your heart comes to a stillness and began a new journey. And so, and so he loved to be alone. That was the first sign when God was turning his heart towards him. That was the first thing that he loved was to be alone. So he, he left society, not completely. He will go for some time and come back again to his family, Khadija, spend some time with her and the kids. And then Khadija will prepare some more food for him to go back into his retreat. And hence the importance of Khalwa. In each one of us religious life, Khalwa is essential. You must go through that phase. The Prophet ﷺ went through it and he eventually integrated it into Ramadan. That's what you call the itikaf. It becomes something that he does. He didn't leave it at all. So he kind of yeah, he could get integrated into the body of the, 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 the practices, which is fasting. So last 10 days he will uh, stay in itikaf as a khalwa for 10 days. Um, where he will leave naturally his family and come to the mosque and stay there by himself. And uh, he um, ended up doing 20 days um, before he passed away. So he was uh, sort of yearning for those, for those early days. <laughs> so this is um, how he, his personal, his seerah, his personal life, this is the, the phases that it, it, it evolved through. So from, from in that retreat, in that, in that loneliness, solid, solitary confinement, Jibril uh, came to him. He was already spiritually attuned mm, to, to, to the universe. So the angel came to him and then um, what he was searching for, which was his Lord and the meaning of life, he came with, with that revelation, Iqra, Bismillah read in the name of your Lord that he has created of creation <clears throat> and uh, of course the story also of that encounter between the angel and Insanul Kamil the angel and him and complete human perfect human being is it is it is also another um, model for a teacher and uh, and disciple relationship and, and people don't, don't take much lesson out of this.
because when Jibril came to him, <clears throat> and they were going to have uh, a relationship that will last for 21 years. Now, uh, so Jibril said to him, read, and he said, I'm, I don't read. So Jibril embraced him, the angel embraced the, 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 the human being, and he embraced him very hard, and then released him. And then second time he asked the same question, Iqra, ma'anabiqari'in. And the third time, Iqra, ma'anabiqari'in. So those three times also has a meaning. And the three embraces also has a meaning. It's a, it's, it's, it's a symbolic connection between two hearts. The heart of the teacher and the heart of the disciple. And this connection is triple at, at, at three levels. The level of Islam, you connected with your teacher. The level of Iman, connection. And the last one was level of Ihsan. That's why he embraced him three times. And their journey together began from that point. So this is a very important phase. Then when we... So from the Gharihira phase or the pre-Meccan phase, we go into Meccan phase. That's also another important phase in our growth, our spiritual development and growth, which is the phase of um, uh, living in society, uh, in body, but remain in heart with God. That's also another, another different kind of challenge. It might be easy for you to take yourself out of society and live in, in, in a solitary life. It's very easy. Uh, that's why some people, they just choose that way, just to uh, uh, become a monk or, or a nun and so forth and, and, and leave society. But that's not the ultimate objective uh, of a spiritual enlightenment. Mm, if you have a light, a light has to mm, spread among people. So if you live stay in confinement, nobody will benefit from you. And then there's no point having the light at all except for yourself. So from Ghalihira, he went into Mecca. Now he, uh, yeah, and uh, to work, not to preach or anything, but just to work with his light among his fellow human beings. Allah says, as for the one who was dead, we brought him to life and give him a light by which he walks. Yamshi. With this light, he walks among men. Just walking, you have a light, just walk around. You don't even have to say anything to anybody. Those who have, those who are inclined, will get it naturally. So, but sometimes that goes with struggle because there are people who don't. There are people who don't like light, so they will. They will definitely. If you have one, they'll be opposed to you, knowingly or unknowingly. <laughs> so. So make and phase represent that, that aspect uh, of, of one's growth. Uh, having a light and living in a society which is where darkness you know, is, is everywhere. So he lived in Mecca for 10 to some years, 10 to 12 years, struggling with forces of darkness. And so that, that in that, that phase, that's where we develop. Uh, character characters like patience, like forbearance. Mm. So all so slowly, slowly by through the struggle in society, you struggle with forces that are opposing the light. You develop all these qualities, 
that are also necessary for your spiritual uh, development. <clears throat> so at this point, people join him. He's not alone anymore. He, has, he, has, he also has students and, and followers called the companions. And they went into, into the struggle with him for, for 10 or more years. And then finally, when that phase also is fulfilled, it's completed, they've developed a strong character. So we have the first phase, which is, which is purely uh, Iman. Uh, then we have the second phase, which is purely Akhlaq. Um, so, and, and the Prophet himself talks, talking about akhlaq, which is a very, a very important part of his message. He said, God sent me only to perfect good characters. Mm. But your good character will not, will not show unless you deal with people. If you live in, in, in isolation, that's why they said in fact that there's no virtue in isolation. Because your virtue doesn't show unless you deal with people. <clears throat> so that was the face of Makkah. So all those good qualities that were latent in him came out, became manifested through friction with, with other people. Patience and forbearance and you know and 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 pardoning and, and forgiving and being just and being upright and, 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 and all that. So without going into details. <clears throat> then when that phase was completed, then God allowed for the third phase to come. And that's the phase of Medina. Now the phase, that's when we see that the, uh, what is the phase of Islam as, as a law, as a Sharia, and as, uh, as a state uh, came into being. So all the verses and the chapters that deal with that were revealed in Medina. So they have Medina surahs and the Meccan surahs. The Meccan surahs are always focused on and the matters of Iman and Aqidah and Ihsan. And, and Makkah is mainly focused on matters of, on matters of Sharia, matters of Islam, prayer and zakah and, 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 and fasting and, 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 and fighting in the word of God and all that. So, <clears throat> so these are the three phases that uh, one's growth uh, as a person, as a spiritual uh, person, as a religious person, as a good human being, these three phases are, are most necessary. But unfortunately, what we see that uh, that people, there's there's no more focus on the first two. All focus is based on Medina. What happened in Medina? As the Mecca and pre mecca era doesn't count. Yeah. So, for, but for those who are, are, are spiritual guides and, and, and teachers, that Ghar is the most important one. Yeah, Ghar is the foundation. That's where Professor Sadan graduated to come out with his light and spirit into the whole world. So we should not forget that. Uh, we should put these three phases into consideration when we are raising children up, when we are building a community. We have to put this in the consideration. If we do, we'll succeed. If we if we skip over any phase, there'll be some some sort of some sort of vacuum, some sort of problem in in the body of whatever we built, society or a person as such. Mashallah, thank you, Sidi Imam Ford, for 
for sharing such beautiful insights. We know also from the Hadith of Jibreel mm-hmm. in which he describes the three stages of Islam as Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. And we can see how so much now in the Muslim world and the world itself, maybe perhaps because of the materialism that has taken over the psychology and the consciousness of humanity, we tend to focus just on Islam, the externals, the forms, and very often equating piety and sincerity with the observance of forms, whether that is the acquisition of information and, and knowledge, whether that is the practice of the rituals, but the inner dimension is often lacking and missing. And in many ways, this can be a great trap within the Ummah. And this whole element of spiritual development Mm -hmm. and spiritual awakening and isolation in a deep connection through dhikr, through tafakkur, Mm -hmm. is often not emphasized within the community. We know also, as you mentioned, that the Holy Prophet said, I was sent to perfect, to correct, to correct and to perfect human character. And also from traditional knowledge that the greatest obstacle to development is the self, the nafs, the ego. How important really is this in one developing their relationship with Allah? And how important is it to find a teacher, a trainer, a guide, someone who can help a human being because we are in our own blind spots. We can't see ourselves. And sometimes, you know, naturally it it stands to logic and reason that we require the help of someone who can see us, see our defects, see the arrogance, see the pride, see the selfishness, and help us to transcend that. How important is it, like you said with the Prophet he had said in Jibreel as an example, as a model for us to look at and follow, to have a teacher and to have a guide uh, that can train us in this type of tarbiyah. Um, <clears throat> I think one, uh, one saying of the Prophet, peace upon him, sums it up. He said, Ala inna fil jasadi idha saluhat, there's a piece of flesh in your body if it is sound all of you is sound if it is sick all of you is sick and that's your heart and hence Islam places entire focus on the heart uh, and not on the actions mm. because actions are only valid based on the heart mm. and another hadith says that in Allah la yanduru ila suwarikum wa aluwanikum walaki yanduru ila qulubikum wa amalikum that Allah does not look at your color and your, and your shape whether you're a woman or a man or a child or an old man Allah looks at your heart first and your deeds that are based on the heart. Mm. So that heart needs to be set right before anything. Forget about studying fiqh, forget about uh, prayer, forget about everything. That heart has to be in the right place. Because if it is not, nothing else will matter. And that's why um, 
Islam more than any other religion before has placed the biggest emphasis on the heart. And Jibril uh, and uh, Bukhari has a bab of bab al iman min al amal that iman is amal, even though it's an action of the heart they call amal qulub, and that the amal qulub, the deeds of the heart, are even more the deeds of the body. <coughs> so first thing, the heart, and uh, the Prophet when he started his his mission in in Mecca, uh, unlike Sayyidina Ibrahim Sayyidina Ibrahim when he began by breaking the idols. Uh, when the moment he came to realization about God, the first thing was to go and break the idols. The Prophet that was the last thing he did, breaking the idols when he the day that he entered Mecca. Because if you break the idols on the outside and the idols in, in the inside are not broken, there's no point. The idol in the heart has to be broken first and that takes a lot of work. That's what we call nafs. Those are the idols that are created by us within our heart. And idol worshipping is not only worshipping, you know, carved images of out of wood or stone. Anything can become an idol for you that you deify in your heart. So he began changing people's heart first before he broke their idols last. But that is a harder way, but it's a longer way, but the most permanent way. Once you change people's heart, everything changes. So hence the focus on tazkiyah to nafs, to purify your nafs. Because purification of the nafs and the heart is the same thing. One is one or the other. If nafs is purified, the heart is purified and vice versa. <clears throat> and um, Rasulullah sallam, as one, one sahabi, I think Ibn Mas'ud, says, Kana yu'allimna al-Qur'an, kana yu'allimna al-Iman al quran That he used to teach us Iman before Qur'an. Hmm? يعلمنا الإيمان قبل القرآن فإذا تعلمنا القرآن إزدادنا إيمانا He teaches us إيمان before Quran and when we learn Quran we increase in إيمان So that إيمان teaching إيمان itself is a science which is almost lost because telling somebody that believe in Allah his messengers his book is not teaching them إيمان you tell them what Iman is about. We're not teaching them how to believe. Kaifa tu'min. How do I believe? Somebody comes to you. You have to teach them. If you just teach them the theory of, of you will never have Iman. So you need somebody who can teach you exactly how to believe. Kaifa u'min billah. How can I believe in Allah? As much as you find somebody who teaches you how to pray, then they just pray. He shows you how to pray. Ruku, sujood, qiyam, the same thing for Iman. When I tell you that belief in Allah, I tell you how you believe in Allah. That's what we call a true sheikh. One who can teach you how to believe in God. So that is the first and the fundamental thing. And that knowledge is lost now for the most part. 
in, in, in Islamic tradition, let alone the other traditions. They have lost it a long time ago. <clears throat> and there's a hadith that they're warning about that, that the time will come, this science will disappear. Uh, that uh, a Sahabi called Kaab, he said, one day he looked into, into the sky and he said, a time like this will come, knowledge will be lifted. And the Sahabi said to him, how will that be? When we are learning Quran, teaching our children and our wives. And Rasulullah sallallahu said to him, Don't you see, Kaaba, I thought you are the best man of Medina. Don't you see that the the the, uh, the Christians and the Judaists have their books? But it's of no use to them. Because they lost something which is Iman. The book can be there. But if the heart is not in the right place, it cannot access the book. It can't relate to the book truly. So that heart, fixing the heart, placing Iman inside the heart, making the heart become soft and, and lively, making the heart become a heart that responds when he hears the word of God or the name of God. That's the teacher that one needs to find. Without that, we cannot fare well in any way, in terms of our deen or in terms of our dunya. So in the early days of Islam, Prophet Sallallahu told the Sahabas and they told the Tabi'een and the Tabi'een told the Tabi'een. The tabi That's why there was no, there's no tariqahs at that point because you meet a sheikh who teaches you how to believe and the matter is done. You are on your own, you and the Quran now. Once your heart is set right, Quran is for you. You find your own way. But then as time went by, slowly, slowly, people are losing their fitrah. So it takes a lot of time to, to purify their soul. It takes longer and longer and longer. And then they develop all the, all the tariqahs and the techniques that goes with it because of that. But if we want to go back Islam was before in the early days we need to bring this tradition back into life, into force we need to bring the science of the heart that science is lost it has to be brought back into force the heart is the center of, the, of our religion yeah, we, need, we need people who know how to heal the heart the famous, the famous story of the two Sahabas. One is Handala, one is Abu Bakr. So this Sahabi Handala, he came to say Abu Bakr, he said, um, I, Handala, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. So Abu Bakr said, why do you say that? He said, because I feel that when I'm with the Messenger of Allah, and he talks to us about God, about Akhirah, my Iman goes very high. When I leave him and go back home and mix with my family and go to my garden, I feel that my Iman goes down again. Since I'm one thing with him, different thing without him, I must be a hypocrite. That's what is called hypocrisy. Have a double standard. So Sanabakar said to him, well, if you say so, maybe I also, I'm one. I have the same symptoms. So what do we do? Let's go to our doctor. 
that's not true about it let this let me go and 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 and, and, and look for, for my own answers no let's go to the doctor and both of them came to the doctor professor and now Bakr said to Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, listen to what Handra is saying. Because I have the same problem too. He said, Handra, what is it? He said, so he repeated the story. When I'm with you, my iman goes high. When I'm not with you, my iman goes down. He said, yes. He said, if you only you can maintain the level of iman that you gain with my, in my presence, you can see angels with your eyes. You can shake hands with them on your path, in your beds, in your houses. However, it's a state that comes and goes because it stays hard. So, when Iman enters your heart, your heart expands. So, they said, Ya Rasulullah, is there any sign that Iman has entered your heart? He said, Yes. There are three signs. If you see them, Iman has entered your heart. If you don't see them, walk hard. It hasn't entered your heart. Because Iman can be in your mind. <laughs> it's not in your heart. So he said the first sign, التجافي الغرور. If Iman enters truly into your heart, it the nur of Iman make you see the fallacy of the worldly life is see through this this dream that we, we call the holy life that's the first thing and therefore you turn your back from it one first sign second sign is you turn your face to the home of everlastingness. That means you make a choice between something that is going to perish and something that is going to last. So you, you, you leave what, is, what will perish and you choose what will last. That's the second sign. The third one, Al-Isti'dad to prepare yourself for death before death comes. Three signs of Iman in your heart. You look for them. If you see them in you, you have Iman. If not, you work hard or find somebody who can help you with your Iman, with your heart. Allahumma salli ala Sayyid Muhammad, mashallah. <laughs> you mentioned, Imam Faud, the importance of the heart. Yes. And sometimes tasawwuf the way of tazgiyatun nafs mm -hmm. has been referred to as the way of the heart. Mm -hmm. Some have, nowadays in the modern world, mm -hmm. um, there are many studies being done mm -hmm. on the power and the consciousness of the heart, mm -hmm. the heart's capacity for consciousness. Yeah. We tend to think, we tend to think being raised in the Western world, in the modern world, mm -hmm. that the primary source of our consciousness is in the mind, the, mind yes. the head and in thinking mm -hmm. and in fact this was captured perhaps by the French philosopher René Descartes who said I, I think that. therefore I am, I am yes. mm -hmm. however 
it appears from the teachings of the Prophet from many of the great spiritual masters that there is a greater level of awareness, a greater potential for human consciousness that is rooted not in the mind, but in the heart. And that the awakening of the heart really is the goal of the spiritual path and of Islam. Can you share with us regarding the potential of the heart for consciousness and how a human being can shift from mind-based and self-based and ego-based consciousness to heart and soul-based consciousness? That's right. Uh, the fact that nothing matters to God except one thing is the condition of your heart. As it says in Surah Al-Shu'ara, يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا the day when nothing is of use to you, neither wealth nor children, except if you come to God with a sound heart. That's it. Except if you come to God with a sound heart. So a sound heart is your only, uh, your only provision. That you, when you come to God, you don't come with, with nothing. You just come with your heart. If your heart is sound, you're admitted in His presence. If you come with mountains of good deeds, your heart is not sound. You cannot enter God's presence. So everything is, is, is judged based on the state of your heart. <clears throat> and um, the Quran itself is a book of the heart. Because it came addressing the heart and nothing else. God says, Nazara bihurruhul amin ala qalbika. That the, 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 the trustworthy angel brought this book onto your heart. That says it. This book, Quran, you will not understand Quran as you're supposed to unless you access through your heart. That's why it baffles many thinkers who use their mind to understand the Quran, you cannot, it's going to escape you. You can't grasp it. Only the heart, it came through a heart, and only through a heart we can understand it. There's in a book that is protected, and nobody can touch it, meaning have full access to it, except those whose heart is pure. To hand a purified heart, that's the first thing before we come to the, the feast of God, which is the Quran, Ma'idatullah. When the admission into that feast is based on your heart, the angels are there at the door looking at your heart. If your heart is sound, they bring you in. If your heart is not sound, they don't let you in. <laughs> you don't come to the feast. <laughs> So when we, but however, the major obstacle is the nafs. Because the nafs is created, is created, that's why we, we admit that, that this problem of the nafs is something that nafs is created with. There are seven shahwat, seven lusts that nafs naturally, naturally is inclined to. So when we talk about Purifying the nuts, meaning purifying the nuts from David, this seventh shahwat. 
they are all mentioned in one verse in Ali Imran. Zuyina linnazu hubbu shahwati minan nisai walbaniyin walqanatil muqandrati minan dhahabi walfiddati walqadil musawwama walani'ami walhas so seven shahwat of the nafs so human being is made to love these seven things by natural inclination so we need to transform that love for this to a love of iman so love of lust to love of iman so the first one is love of spouses the, the, the lust the lust for spouses the lust for children the lust for gold the lust for silver the lust for horses now it can, can be cars and whatever you, whatever you ride on the lust for cattle and lust for farming or land so every soul is naturally inclined to the seven. So we have to overcome. And these are the obstacles to you, for you to have full access to your heart. They come between you and your heart. So that's scared enough, that's why it comes in. It doesn't mean that we need to shun all these seven categories to abandon them and leave them, no. We need to change the way we relate to them. We need to change the way we love them. So you love your wife, your spouse, not out of lust, but out of Iman. You love your children, not out of lust, but out of Iman. You love gold, not out of lust, but out of Iman. You love silver the same way. You love horses the same way. You love cattle the same way. You love farming or land in the same way. Then it's a transformation. And how do you know that that change happens is when care and concern goes out of it. When you see that a love for something is, is causing you care, then it's still a, there's a lust in it. And the love of Iman is, is very serene and tranquil and very quiet. See, so God wants you to transform. That's what we call the scared nafs. Meaning to remove this shahwat from the nafs of bad love into a good love. And then the heart becomes free. And the nafs becomes expanded. So these are the obstacles that um, the teacher... You need a teacher, somebody who you can leave your hand, your mother's into his hand, so that he can help cure your heart and cure these diseases that are in your heart. Allah says, There's a sickness in their hearts, and Allah increases their sickness. So if your heart is sick, you need some, you can, you can heal, you can heal yourself. You need somebody to help you heal, somebody to cure you. That doctor. That's what a teacher is supposed to be. Imam Faud, it's obvious again that in anything in life, we need a teacher. We need someone to help us along, especially when we have never walked that path ourselves. And there's things beyond our scope. 
And I know we're beginning to run out of time, so I will just maybe ask you this last question. We can also see, even in the story of Musa salam and Sayyiduna Khidr salam, the importance of having a teacher or a guide, particularly when it comes to the knowledge of the heart, the knowledge of Iman. And Musa salam, was a Nabi, was a Rasul, he was a messenger of Allah, and yet even he required a teacher of a type of knowledge that he didn't have. How does one find a teacher? How does one find a guide? What And what are the qualities of a qualified teacher and guide? And as Rumi points out, there is fool's gold, but there's also real gold. Yeah. How does one seek a proper teacher? And what are the qualities that would indicate that a person or a guide is really going to help a human being move towards their development and the awakening of their heart. The story of Sina Musa uh, and the guide in the Sadul Gav is is a uh, was definitely an, uh, a beautiful example. One, how to find a guide to begin with, and how to follow a guide, because it's not easy to follow. Uh, a teacher, it's, it's, you have to admit that from the beginning it's difficult. <clears throat> um, the first of all is how do you find it? You find it if if you sincerely want it. Your intention. If you intend in your heart sincerely, you ask God. I sincerely want somebody to guide me to you. I want to know you. God will, will not turn you down. And that is expressed in the in the statement of Sayyidina Musa salam in the story, when he said, I'm going to seek this guide and I'll continue to seek if it takes me ages. That's will and determination unshakable determination to find a teacher no matter how long it takes you and what much how much effort it takes you so that is as called silk uh, truthfulness in your desire for a teacher if you are truthful in your desire for a teacher you will you'll find one if you are not you will not find one even though you may be rubbing shoulders with them every day god will hide them from you you will, you will know them so that is one the second, second thing, um, uh, a true teacher is one who we spoke a bit about it yesterday. Who is is balanced, and who has the qualities of mercy and knowledge combined. He has knowledge, he has mercy as well. Mm. That's what that's how God described the guys in Namus's guide in the story. فَوَجَدَ عَبْدًا مِنْ عِبَادِنَا آتِنَاهُ رَحْمَةً مِنْ عِنْدِنَا وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ مِنْ لَدُنَّا عِلْمًا They found a servant from our servants unto whom we gave mercy and knowledge. Hmm. So mercy and knowledge, a balanced teacher. Because if one or the other could be a problem. Hmm. And the teacher who uh, has the qualities of mercy who has a soft heart because a, a disciple at the beginning needs not to be treated with gentleness 
is very delicate. His heart is very delicate, and, and because he doesn't know any better, the teacher has to be very forbearing. So he has to uh, be like a mother to him or her. In other words, has to have motherly qualities. The qualities of ummiya. That's what the word ummiya means in reality. But a nabil ummi, we tell us unlettered messenger prophet, but is the motherly prophet. Mm, the qualities of motherhood qualities. So a teacher who can be a mother for you and a father for you. If I want to just put it in, in a simple terms. So knowledge is fatherhood and rahma is motherhood. Mm. So that's what you need. That's what a teacher is for you anyway. It's a parent for you. But a much more complete parent than your parents. Because you have, you have, you have a mother and a father. A teacher is both for you. You're going to be your mother and going to be more merciful to you than your own mother. And your father also, and more, more, more strict with you than your own father for your own good. That's what knowledge means to help you to be upright. At the same time, be 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 gentle and merciful to you, and slowly, slowly help you grow until you stand on your own feet. So that's what mercy and knowledge, in essence, means. Uh, a teacher who combines the qualities of fatherhood and motherhood in one and is able to nourish you with his with the milk uh, at the beginning and slowly slowly and get you off the milk and get you on, on solid food so that solid food is knowledge <laughs> and as you know of course uh, weaning is not easy <laughs> sometimes people want to stay on the milk even though it's not good for them but at that point, it has to be firm with you. So when it needs to be firm with you, it has to be firm with you. When it needs to be gentle with you, it has to be gentle with you. So a teacher who knows how to balance these qualities of beauty and majesty, that is a well-balanced and a perfect teacher. Yes, that's what you need. <laughs> Mashallah, beautiful. Thank you so much, Imam Fod. It's been such an honor and a pleasure and the privilege to have this opportunity to speak with you, to have our audience and listeners at Soul of Islam Radio benefit from your wisdom. I know that we're running out of time, but I pray, inshallah, ta'ala, that we'll have opportunities in the future for, for additional talks. Anytime, inshallah. inshallah. Thank you so much, Imam Fod. And if I could just ask you, yes. perhaps to um, maybe conclude with a dua for, for us, for the audience, for the ummah, and uh, for all the listeners of uh, Soul of Islam Radio, Absolutely. we would be very grateful. That's my pleasure, inshallah. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan ar-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Maliki yawmiddin. Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in. Wahdina salat al-mustaqim. Sarat al-lazina an-yamta alayhim. Wa'idhi al-mahtub alayhim. Wa'ladda'alin. Allahumma allimna bima. ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما والحمد لله على كل حال اللهم أتي نفسي تقواها أنت وليها ومولاها وزكها فإنك أنت خير من زكها اللهم عافنا في ديننا ودنيانا وقرانا وأهلنا وأموالنا وأولادنا اللهم آمن روعتنا واستر عوراتنا وتولى أمورنا 
واسن ختامنا ويسر حسابنا ويمن كتابنا وثاقل ميزاننا بالحسنات وتوفنا مع الأبرار برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وصابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يسفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين برحمتك يا رحم الله Thank you for joining us in this episode of Soul of Islam Radio with Imam Fode Drame. I sincerely hope that this has been not only informative, but transformative, and that this content will continue to support you in your personal path of spiritual growth, development, and awakening. To learn more about Imam Fode and his work, please visit his website at www.zawiyah.ca. That is spelled Z-A-W-I-Y-A. H.ca. A link will be provided in the show notes. At Soul of Islam Radio, it is our goal to educate and to inspire, and to help you continually develop your path and practice within the noble and blessed way of Al-Islam, progressively awakening to your true self and your divine purpose and potential. To continue the journey, here is what you can do next. Visit us at www.soulofislamradio.com where you can get access to exclusive resources, knowledge, and learning that will help you deepen your experience and understanding of Islam. At soulofislamradio.com, you will learn how to make real and relevant the spiritual path of awakening and personal development, and how to reach greater levels of peace, prosperity, health, happiness, and success in both this life and the next, with the grace and guidance of God Most High. Beloved listeners, please feel free to share this resource with family and friends who you feel may benefit from tuning in to Soul of Islam Radio. We strive to create the best and most leading-edge content that is relevant, practical, and applicable in the life of the modern human being, seeking to reconnect with his or her spiritual roots. Again, thank you for joining us and for committing to your own personal growth and spiritual awakening. Together, we can change our world, serve our Lord Allah Most High, and attain to His divine pleasure. This is Ihsan, wishing you joy, success, happiness, peace, and prosperity in both this life and the next, to your divine, eternal, and absolute success.